0: Welcome to the Bearded Bros Podcast, featuring
1: Steven. Speaking of uh, hitting somebody, that's yeah. it's good sexy time. Yeah, now we're getting a little it's getting warm in here. Maybe it's the self-conscious side of me, like, am I the needy one in the relationship? I feel like we kind of qualify as an educational
2: podcast. Possibly. Charles. Remember that American uh, Eddie Vedder movie where he's an African print? Butter my wanker. I hand them my card, and they just usually give me whatever I want. Fuck it, I'm just going to drink it.
0: And me, Keith, your host. Guys, this is great fucking radio. Fuck off. Gilmore Girls is one of the best shows ever created. Guys, guys, I'm a lover. I only hate Nazis, Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Everton, bad drivers, billionaires, and olives. Now... Let's get the show started. Bearded Bros Podcast is brought to you by Rogue Chance, Nashville SC's newest supporters group. Be loud, be proud, and keep the tempo. Alright, and welcome to Season 4 of the Bearded Bros Podcast, where Season 3 was... I think two episodes. We're
1: back. Stephen, Charles, how are y'all doing? We're doing pretty good. Did yep. both of those two episodes actually get posted or did they fall into the, the void?
0: That That's a damn good question. It was a very short season. Yes, it was.
2: But we're back and we're stronger than ever. Yeah, yeah, that's like right.
1: A BBC TV show. Don't they have like a bunch of like three episode seasons for shit? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do.
0: But. I'm sitting here looking at Stephen and Charles. Stephen's in a very well-lit office looking like Stephen. Meanwhile, Charles looks like Harry Potter underneath the stairs with a very vague light behind him.
1: Yep. Anonymous. I mean, he is in my living room. Where? Where's he at in your living room? Like where the table is? Yeah, he's like tucked into the corner. I don't know why all the lights are off around him except for the one right behind his head, which looks weird. It's kind of pretty. Uh,
0: I'm not sure if he's Al-Qaeda or if he's God. Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out here. <laughs> why are those the two <laughs> options? Cause he looks like he's in a cave, but he also has a glowing light behind him.
2: <laughs> Your choice.
0: All right, guys. Well, why don't we just go ahead? We're going to try to um, just explain to the listeners real quick. We're going to try to streamline the old podcast a little bit, give you what you want, take out what you hated and get to it. So, Let's go ahead and get started with uh, what we're drinking this week. And you know what, guys? I'm a little thirsty. I think I'll go first. I am going to have one of my favorite beers of the season, which actually came out about a month and a half earlier than it usually does.
1: I thought pumpkin season was over. Oh, this is even worse.
0: This is Sierra Nevada's Fresh Hopped Celebration IPA. This is amazing. Why do you give that look? It's a fresh hopped IPA.
1: Is no like it like an IPA with like cinnamon and nutmeg in it?
0: No, there's none of that. It's just a fresh hopped IPA.
1: Oh, okay. Sierra
2: Nevada's good.
0: Oh, that is one tasty beverage. Uh, it comes in at a something percent. I, oh, 6.8. I should should have had my notes, but I left them at work. So 6.8%, very hoppy. Of course, it's fresh hop. So these are like straight off the vine, into the brew, and it's fucking delicious. So I'm going to give it eight out of eight games Tennessee has played M one. Go Vols. Go Vols.
1: It's a good thing we're doing the podcast this week.
0: What are you implying, Stephen?
1: You have to change your rating after Saturday.
0: Oh, you're right. I would have to give a 9 out of 9.
1: Or an 8 out of 9. We'll, we shall see. Not that I'm rooting for Georgia.
2: Oh, I am. What? Oh, yeah, I love Georgia. Why? I just do. I don't know. Uh, where are they located? Uh, oh, yeah, that's They're right. They're located Athens.
0: in Athens. Yeah, I, I
2: see where this is going. Yeah. It's Still Georgia. Yep. Georgia's amazing. I wish I lived in Georgia right now. It's better than Texas. used to my vote for counts there.
0: That is true. Georgia is a purple state now.
2: Remember when Ohio was?
0: Uh, I do indeed.
2: Yeah, I guess. Was it, though? It was. Big time. Not anymore. All right. Who's up next for your drink? So this is a Halloween party leftover? So I know nothing about it. It's a uh, Buffalo Bayou Dreamsicle, 5.9%. I don't know what kind it is, but I'm assuming it's going to be a juicy IPA. So here we go. I'm willing to bet it's a milkshake IPA.
1: Wow. I think Keith's done his research already or he's already had this beer.
2: Yeah? Is it a milkshake IPA? It doesn't taste like it has lactose or anything like that. I,
0: actually, I, I don't know. I. Usually when you see something that says dream sickle, it's a
2: lactose IPA. I don't think it is based on taste. It is not an IPA at all that I can tell. I think it's like a wheat or something. Um, Maybe like the, uh, what's that blue moon one? Uh, Blue Blue moon. Moon. Yeah. Blue moon. Yeah. I think it maybe is kind of resembles that one a little bit. Not, not uh, more weedy than orangey. I guess the dream sickle, the vanilla part is more important than the, Orange part, it's good, it's delicious. I'm very thirsty, so I'm probably gonna put this down pretty quick. Well, what brewery is it, Charles? Bayou Buffalo Bayou. Watch my palate be completely wrong. Internet mean, has not have heard it.
1: of this beer. I think I think it's a mislabeled can. Just kidding. Let's see. Right. It's a blonde ale with vanilla orange. Yeah, that's
2: what it is. Okay, I get the blonde part for sure. So I'm glad I was kind of right. So. Yeah. Good job. It's it's delicious. I will give it, um, I will give it, hmm, I will give it 45 cents out of 50 cents when you go to the ice cream truck and buy your dreamsicle. You think they're still 50 cents? Probably not. Hell
0: no. Those things are like
2: $2 now. Yeah. When was the last time y'all saw an ice cream truck? We heard one the other day when we were playing disc golf. We got kind of excited. We were almost on the ice cream hole too, so. Almost a sign. Yep didn't happen, though. All right, Stephen, what are
0: you drinking?
1: Let's see. We crack this bad boy open. Glug, 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 pouring it in glass.
0: It, it looks like everybody, Stephen, is going to tell us he's drinking something fancy, but he's just going to pour a Coors Banquet.
1: No, I have, I have a Coors Banquet next to me, actually, but I figured it's it wasn't qualified. Oh, man, this is not... A... <laughs> I'm going to hold this up for you all to see. This is really kind of funny. <laughs> hold on a second. I was looking up something trying to be, where are you at? Okay. Can you guys see this? Can can you see all the floaters? Whoa. Like there's literally hops floating around in this beer. Okay. So this is a Tommy knocker mountain town craft beer. It is a blood orange juicy. And this is from Tommy knocker brewery in Idaho Springs, Colorado. So,
0: so that could be some orange sediment or something like that. If they
1: fresh pressed it. I mean it says it's from brewery and pubs. I think it's a pretty tiny little place. I, I bought this in Colorado a couple weeks ago, and it's one of those cans that has like it has like a little zipper on the side. Have you ever seen that before? I don't really know what the purpose is, but you know how they have cans with like just sleeve labels instead of actually printed on the can? Yeah. Have you seen that? like I think a lot of people do it when they're making a beer that you know, if they're not going to make a whole bunch of. Well, right. a little zipper. And so you can like pull it off. It doesn't work very well. But I wonder if like, are you supposed to take that off and you recycle it or something? Maybe I hope like, not. I don't really understand the addition of the zipper. I don't know.
0: I do know that uh, this was part of the beer news that I left at work. Um, Ball, who makes all of the aluminum cans, has reduced the amount that you have to purchase to one truckload as opposed to like multiple truckloads. I can't remember how much you actually had to purchase to start, but that may lead to more printed on can stuff due to the fact that they don't have to buy as many cans anymore.
2: Hmm. I'm betting the zipper just means uh, we got this lame plastic thing on the outside. So let's just own it. (laughs) Let's not try to hide it.
1: I like that. I don't understand. So you're talking about breweries. Don't have to buy, they all had to buy multiple truckloads of cans. Yeah, that's correct. They had to, it,
0: now it's down to one truckload.
1: Where did they store multiple truckloads? If I'm thinking about small breweries that can their beer, that would be kind of a pain in the butt.
0: Yeah, it's usually a storage unit you have to go purchase and put all the cans in.
1: Yeah, screw that. Okay, I've wasted enough time, so all the floaters have now become sinkers. So, now it looks kind of pretty. There were There's literally chunks of stuff in it, though. It's kind of crazy. It smells delicious. It smells kind of boozy. It's a... Six point three percent, so I guess it's not that boozy. Um, double dry hops, IPA. I'm give it a shit. We'll see. That's pretty good. It's not too bitter, it's nice and orangey, kinda hoppy, I guess. I guess I can chew on the hops if I don't taste them because they're all in the in the glass, but
2: I, I love floaters.
1: I, I don't know how to respond to that.
0: <laughs> it's funny because I'm I'm watching you, Stephen, drink this and your screen looks like a it's a 1987 VHS that's been played many oh, yeah, times.
1: I don't know. I have a, a little dinky webcam plugged in. Maybe that's why. That was weird. Um, yeah, take it out and blow on it or something like that, like it's a Nintendo cartridge. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give this – What should I give this? I'm going to say six out of nine, and that's six out of nine weeks until – I hope Ohio State and Tennessee meet in the uh, the national championship game. That'd be interesting.
2: That would be fun. That would be fun.
0: Might have to uh, do a little watch party where we just have each other on the computers while we watch.
1: Yeah, I've heard tales of you flipping over tables and stuff when, when your teams inevitably lose so I would love to see that in person
0: I, I was actually talking about this today and somebody goes why did the like how did that happen how did the Falcons lose 28 to 3 and I'm like let me tell you a story about my friend at halftime telling me congratulations you've won the Super Bowl
2: yep you're welcome thanks. <laughs> So the only other uh, blood orange beer I know is uh, blood and honey. So any taste comparison there? Not really.
1: This is, this is definitely an IPA and it's just kind of citrusy. It's pretty good though.
2: Like, I don't think I know what a blood orange tastes like. I am not a fa- I'm a huge fan of
0: most of their stuff, but Monday night has one called um, blind pirate. Not a fan of it. Maybe I just don't like blood oranges.
1: I feel like if you're blind, being a pirate would be a really difficult career.
2: I would assume so. Well, unless yeah. you're half blind, then it's perfect.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't it be a half blind pirate then? Like, I feel like if you call it blind, that kind of means something specific. If you're half blind, you're not blind. Yeah,
0: that's true. Maybe, maybe they're just legally blind. Like they can still make out stuff, and if they wear glasses, they're okay. But they're still like a, considered I legally feel like a, blind.
1: A pirate would be legally blind. I don't think they're really legal at all. <laughs> this is bad okay (laughs) what's
0: next all right guys well why don't we uh go ahead and jump into mixtape hey guys want to check out the mixtape it's got a bunch of bands you've never heard of before and due to a submission from one of our patreon subscribers And by one of, I mean our one Patreon subscriber. Please become a Patreon subscriber. We could use every little bit of your help to improve this podcast. But our one Patreon subscriber, Nick, has requested that we pick out songs that are over 10 minutes long. So, Stephen, you built the list. You put the first couple songs on. Why don't you go ahead and start off with what you picked?
1: I kind of want to know why... I guess it was a, it was a good challenge, but do you think anyone's ever going to actually listen to this entire playlist?
0: Uh, I can see if you're at work and you need something to play for a
1: few hours, it might be beneficial. But I mean, I feel like we all exercise some restraint here. Like Keith usually posts like eight songs and he posted four. Charles Mm -hmm. posted four. I posted five, but really one is just to troll Keith. Um, and if we did it for two episodes, that's a long time. Anyway, but it's all good. It was a fun challenge. Um, so all the songs have to be over 10 minutes. It looks like we all successfully did that. It looks like uh, I win the uh, the challenge. I don't know if you guys remember that. For the longest song, I actually have a 20-minute song.
0: As okay, well as so that. I'm that's a little pissed off because so, that, so, was,
1: that was and, on my list to put on there. And I also have a 14-minute and 28-second song. Oh no you put I don't, your,
0: you troll me.
1: I don't have I, I have first and second place. I don't have. Oh no, no you I just don't. Place. You're right, you have second. All right, Keith. Had, Keith had to get his name in there. All right, so <laughs> um the, my first song, the 20 minute one, it might not actually count because uh I I I think I've posted this song before. This is 2021 from um Goose, which is a cover of Vampire Weekend or like inspired by a Vampire Weekend song 2021. Um, I don't know if vampire weekends actually in the song at all they might be I just don't know um, but uh it's a cool song and if you haven't heard of goose, they're a definitely kind of they've they've surpassed up and coming status in the in the jam band world I can definitely say that um and and they're pretty cool they kind of they rose to popularity during the pandemic which i thought was kind of neat. By doing a bunch of live streaming and stuff like that, um, and then my second song is "Morning Dew" from Europe '72, the Grateful Dead album. That was one of that's, that was that was one of the Grateful Dead albums that I had on vinyl when I was like in college, and I listened to that damn thing over and over and over and over again. Um, it's one of my favorites. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't really know what I'll say with that. And then moving on, we've got "Willie the Pimp" from Frank Zappa. I have absolutely nothing to say about that song other than it has a cool vibe. And when you're looking for 10 minute songs, you, uh, you gotta go kind of deep. Um, Actually, I'm lying. So that the rest of my songs I actually got from somebody else. I outsourced, I outsourced this task. <laughs> <laughs> so a dude that I work with is a, is a big kind of jam bandy guy, and I knew that he would have no shortage of 10-minute songs from that genre. So um, he found these. He made me actually an entire playlist. I think he really enjoyed it, so I picked some some of my favorites from it. So Willie the Pimp from Frank Zappam It's got a cool vibe to it. I really like it um this next one is seven story mountain from railroad earth so we uh, get to see railroad earth pretty often at old settlers they seem like the regulars playing there um they're kind of an old school kind of blue jam you that what they call it charles what do they call it
2: i don't know i like that i think that should stick
1: jam grass jam grass sorry Not, I, I was mixing the wrong parts of the two i rails. like blue jam better yeah, but I think they call they're called, called jamgrass. I don't know, but they're they you know they have they have uh, fiddles, they have no percussion, and they have mandolins. So I think they qualify as bluegrass, but they're definitely jam bandy. And um, our buddy Stu actually told me last time we were there that I should listen to this album. It's called um, Elko, and he said it's one of the best, just kind of like you know vibe out long songs, lots of instrumentals and stuff like that albums. And it turns out he's right. So Seven Story Mountain is a good song off that. And then the last one is an Allman Brothers band song called In Memory of Elizabeth Reed. from the. It's a live version from the Fillmore West 71 concert. Also a pretty good song, and I think uh, some of my friends like that one. So I put that on there for them. Which one were no, you No, tro- di- you did oh. not put it on for them. You put it on to troll me. No, why would I troll you?
0: Because you already said that you put one on to troll me, and I had already added the song
1: to the playlist just a cover of it. I don't know what you're talking about. Mine is definitely on there first. You can even see the order of the songs. Like You just changed it. You literally just changed it <laughs> 10 seconds ago. Well, mine is two minutes and eight seconds longer. Keith, why don't you go over your songs next? Sure. I'd be more than happy to.
0: So the first one I have on here is In Memory of Elizabeth Reed. Mine is a cover done by Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. It is on the Georgia Blue album, which was an album of covers he put out of only Georgia artists to help turn the state of Georgia blue. Uh, Then I have Thinking of a Place, The War on Drugs. Uh, I love The War on Drugs. This is just such a chill song. Um, When me and Charles went and saw it, I think it was the loudest concert I've ever seen in my life. Um, And then we saw them earlier this year with Nick. So... Kind of threw this on there since Nick asked us for the playlist. Put a little war on drugs
2: on there. They don't then, strike me as I loud. Have,
1: they don't like the war on drugs doesn't strike me as they'd be really loud. That's that's interesting.
2: I believe. Well, they know. can be, and we were right up front.
1: So yeah.
0: So next, I have I'm going gonna move to the outskirts of town by the Almond Brothers, and this is from the album Brothers and Sisters, and I actually have a little bit on this. So this album came out after. Dwayne Allman and Barry Oakley have both passed away, both in motorcycle accidents, two blocks from each other, one year apart. Band was in transition. There was definitely some, you know, sadness. Well, what are we going to do going on? And in the song, which is a rehearsal for a concert, it's, you can hear it. Like you can hear how much these guys just wanted to play and put their pain into the music. And so, when I hear Dickie Betts' guitar solo on this, absolutely incredible. And then finally, I also have some Grateful Dead on here. Uh, my favorite live album from the Grateful Dead, which is Cornell in 77, I have Fire on the Mountain. And that's one of my favorite Dead songs. It's, and it was a toss-up between that and Scarlet Begonias. So that's what I've got. Charles, what have you got? Can you Can you hear Charles? I cannot
2: hear Charles. All right, Charles, we can't hear you. All right, here I am. So, first one I have is Marquee Moon by Television. And the first thing I do when uh, I'm trying to fill in these playlists is to go through my playlists and like song on Spotify to see if there's anything that fits the bill. And I was absolutely shocked when I realized that this song was over 10 minutes because it feels like a two minute song. Like, I feel like it's got this uh, really good rhythm and energy the whole time. Uh, it does have like a kind of meandering guitar solo in the middle, but then about like maybe one minute till the end, the song completely starts over again, uh, which that, I think that's why I think it's such a short song, because it's just got this nice uh, rhythmic flow to it. It feels like a short song, even though it's long. Uh, I love that song. Uh, next, what do I got? I got uh, God is in the Rhythm by King Wizard and the Lizard Wizard. Um, that's I a great Nick, song. So uh, to me, it reminds me of like Buddy Holly. It feels like a kind of very simple Buddy Holly kind of song. Um, It doesn't go into any kind of uh, psychedelic rants, uh, like maybe that tends to happen with that band. But um, it's got these really cool uh, little uh, guitar runs that go down as opposed to up, which is kind of bizarre and cool and fits with the song really well. Nice guitar solos, but all fits in and does not feel like a long song to me at all. Um, next, I have Scroller by Metric. Uh, this song is uh, it fits the bill. It's uh, it's kind of addicting. It's kind of anxiety inducing and uh, it's like you're doom scrolling. Like the song is really good, but it's also makes you a little anxious. And then about six minutes in, uh, it kind of kicks into this totally different kind of redemptive kind of lovely song where it's basically saying that you don't have to be attached to the internet, that you're, you're a good person. And it doesn't really matter what happens on that thing. And uh, it's just, it's really, it's really nice song. And then the last one uh, is probably in my top 10 all time favorite songs. It's uh, the, uh, mighty mighty rio grande by this will destroy you uh it's kind of a post-rock song no lyrics um but it like perfectly captures uh these peaceful moments you find when you're outside and you're in really large uh scenic uh settings and maybe the sun is rising or something like that and everything feels really big and spacious and then the song kind of escalates and becomes um kind of big and bold and it kind of just kind of reminds you like how big nature is and without any words i'd say this song probably captures moments for me better than any other song so that's what i got
1: it's what was awesome i love them they're
2: good i always forget about them
0: well who's ready for another beer
1: i
2: I wish i was but i'm not yet (laughs) well keith can do an
1: extra long introduction to his beer and then maybe i wouldn't by then but I'm going to have to chew through the bottom inch. Hmm. But, All right. you know,
0: well,
2: before you ahead, introduce me, I just want to say that uh, I, th- I feel like maybe there's an impression that like long songs are bag songs. But uh, I, I kind of like the-, the rush not to go anywhere or be anywhere and to just kind of get immersed and not, you know, it's really about the journey. It's not about the destination. And I really I was listening to a lot of these songs and I was really digging them just because they they're in the moment. You know, and it doesn't well, really matter how long it lasts.
0: Was it anybody else's inclination to go, like, just to start off, I went way back to the past. So I started with, like, Old Pink Floyd, Allman Brothers, Grateful Dead. That, that was where I went immediately. But then I was like, mm, I need to throw some stuff on here that's a little bit newer that maybe I'm not so much familiar with. I went and listened to a bunch of stuff. But my initial inclination was to just go back to the 70s where this was kind of common back then.
2: Yeah. There's a Brian Eno song I almost put on here. It's called uh, Music for Airports. And on Spotify, it's even broken up into like four different songs. But uh, it's like almost like elevator music, but like really well crafted and just kind of that malaise of the airport. Uh, But... It didn't fit the rules because it was broken into four pieces, so I left it off.
0: Yeah, I thought about the uh, Beatles medley at the end of um, Abbey Road, but that's broken up into several songs, even though it's just one song.
2: Yeah, I'm glad nobody put like a hidden track.
1: What, like it's just like 10 minutes of just dead noise and then a song at the end of it? Yeah, exactly. Are we going to do this again? Are we going to add more to this? I don't think we have to.
0: We don't have to, but we can.
1: Because I have a couple honorable mentions, but I don't know if I want to do a whole nother...
0: I, I've got some songs set to the side for the next podcast.
1: Okay, we can do that then. I'll wait. And I won't talk about my honorable mentions. I'll just add them next
0: time. All right. All right. Well, my next beer, have you guys heard of Creature Comforts?
2: The I have not heard of the beer.
1: It sounds so, like one of those things that some guy named Carl does unlike his online profile, and he starts every letter with a K as a secret code to his friends. Ooh.
0: Well, there's there's no K in this. Okay. Creature Comforts is from Charles' favorite city. Athens? Athens. Oh, nice. And this is Tropicalia IPA, which we just got up here in Nashville uh, about a month and a half ago. But more, like, we used to have our friend Slate when he'd go down to Georgia he would message us and say hey what do you guys want from Creature Comforts and we would all be like Tropicalia IPA or just a mix of whatever they have and we're super stoked to have it here so
2: I can't believe you're drinking the enemy beer wait why is it the
1: enemy beer I wasn't paying attention
2: I'm drinking the blood of my enemies right now oh nice because well, it's a Georgia beer oh yeah that's right and why is Athens your favorite city? I know RM is really my from favorite city. Oh, okay, it's just that's where Ariam is from. Okay, I got
0: you. So this Tropicalia is absolutely insanely good. It is top top three IPA for me. Top four. three, so top, three. top four. I, it's a top four IPA <laughs> because I finally I finally got to have Pliny and I finally got to have Blind Pig, and both of those are. Untouchable. Those are the two best IPAs I've ever had. And then it's a toss-up between the... And actually, I think this is better than good people IPA. Wow.
1: Is it made out of real good people?
0: <sighs> it's made by really good people. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: I tried to recycle my Girl Scout joke there. It didn't work. <laughs> That's like my um, favorite dad joke. Are they made out of real Girl Scouts?
0: So I'm going to give this five out of six touchdowns thrown to Hyatt in the Alabama game, but all five of those
2: catches were touchdowns. Okay, nice. But uh, I'm a little concerned. You only gave it five out of six, but it's one of your top five IPAs.
0: Well, I just wanted to point out that Hyatt had six catches and five touchdowns for 202 yards.
2: So
1: now everyone knows that your beer reviews are not reliable. Oof. You're just going for the bazingas. You're not going for knowledge.
0: All right, let me uh, rephrase this, and I will give it hundred and two seven hundred and 102,716 out of 102,716 fans that were in Neyland Stadium for the Alabama game.
2: Wow, you know way too many things,
0: Keith is that the is real
2: number? Of
1: knowledge. I'm pretty sure. No He's just joking. making <laughs> shit up.
2: Yeah, yeah, I definitely think he might be off a little bit there. But... If he knows that, he's weird. He yeah, that's there's some something nuts. wrong, Keith. <laughs> that.
1: All right, my turn. Enough talk about – I don't even know what you're talking about. Alabama or Tennessee or something. My <laughs> next one is – I'm going to uh, pour it in a glass first and see if it's chunky. I'm going to have a headache tomorrow drinking all these IPAs, man. That one looks pretty. All right, so this is a nice clear – copper colored ipa with a nice big head this is the modus mandarina citrus ipa and this is from ska brewing company which is in durango colorado which is where we were a couple weeks ago so i picked up some of this it's a all it's also a 6.8 uh citrus ipa and have you guys had ska i feel like you've had ska before you can get it right it smells like nothing which is kind of surprising Tastes very different than the last one. <clears throat> Much more like hoppy with just a little bit of citrus. Whereas the last one was almost like uh, I don't know. Like, you know how the milkshake IPAs like don't even taste hoppy at all? They're almost just like creamy? Yeah. You know? That's kind of how the last one was. This one, this one is definitely more bitter, with just a little bit of citrus. It's pretty good. Um, I think like their flagship IPA is Modus Hopperanda or something like that.
0: Ha- Modus Hopperanda. Hopperanda, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think this is just like that beer with, with some citrus hops or something like that. Um, I don't know if there's actually citrus in it. It's good. I like it. Um, let's see, a rating. Charles, when? Did, how long did we meet Keith?
2: Uh, how long ago? Oh, shit. Yeah, how many years ago? I'd say probably about seven years ago. No. Eight, maybe? More than that. I do you, know. What do you think, you, Keith? I'm not yeah, familiar when, with dates. When did we meet
0: I've been in Tennessee for almost five
2: years. Okay. So, yeah, we worked, together, that. We like worked together for
0: a couple of years and we met before that, right? Like a year before that.
1: So, yeah, eight years. Okay. I'm going to give this. All right. Not. Can, okay. I'm going to give this a one out of 10, and that is. One out of those ten years that I've known Keith, and I just rounded it up to ten, even though you just said eight, um, where he actually cared about Tennessee football.
0: Oh <laughs> that is not fair. I've had Tennessee shit hanging up in my garage. You had a
1: lot of shit in your garage, Keith. Yeah, that doesn't count. You had so much shit in your garage.
2: But also, Steven, does that mean that you don't like that beer if you only give it one out of ten?
1: No, that's we just established that the the ratings don't matter. They're just oh, okay. for, they're just for the zings. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So what I'm gonna get? Let y'all guess. I said one hundred and two thousand seven hundred and sixty-one. You guys can guess by how far off I was.
2: I don't know, Keith. I More than it does I don't know. What I are mean, you make say? It, I said one hundred and two thousand
0: seven hundred and sixty-one.
1: And I don't even remember the context. 100, like That's how many people were at the game?
0: That's what I said. That's how many people I said were at the game for my rating.
1: And where what game were we talking about? The, the, the Tennessee, game, like, Alabama game. That was like three weeks ago. Were they in Alabama or in Tennessee? It was in Tennessee. And you can't be looking it up, Stephen. I was going to look up the capacity. I'm going to say you
2: are over by 2,000 people. Charles? I said 30 people. You're off. I, either plus or minus.
0: I was off by about 300. It was 102,455.
2: That's a pretty big stadium.
0: Yep. It's the second largest in the SEC,
2: and it's in the top 10 in the world as far as size. So are you guys going to change your name from the volunteers since like, some of the players are probably being paid now?
0: Well, Hendon Hooker just signed a couple NIL agreements today with Mercedes and my favorite was with French's mustard. Yeah, that's nice. Wait, what? Who did? <clears> Hendon <throat> Hooker, our quarterback. Oh, okay. So it, do, do y'all get the French's mustard thing?
1: Like put some mustard. He put mustard on it? I don't know.
0: So last year during the Mississ- Ole Miss game, there was a huge, like, there were some bad calls. Shit went downhill fast. And some of our fans who I are not allowed back in the stadium, threw shit onto the field. And one of the things that ended up on the field and was posted all over the world was a French's mustard bottle. So the fact that he signed an NIL agreement with French's mustard just cracks me up.
1: That's a very strange thing to sneak into a stadium. Yeah, it is of all the things.
0: Yeah. Or
1: maybe it was like the hot dog guy. I don't know.
0: Or maybe they cleaned it out and it was their, you know, flask.
1: I, oh, that sounds disgusting. That's a bad.
0: That's a pretty good.
1: <laughs> like of all the things, <laughs> I, f- I feel like that Ke- Charles was really just Keith pointing out that he knew something about Tennessee last year. Yep. I feel like he's going to drop like several little nuggets of knowledge now, just to show, just well, just I mean,
2: Keith knows the last seventy years. Now that's yeah. just Keith.
1: Yeah, he he went. He's been doing some research the last couple weeks.
0: I have been a Tennessee fan my entire
2: life. <laughs> So I know nothing about them, but let me ask you this. I remember they had that coach who had uh, like plastic surgery on his face, right? Was that him? He had that, that patch on the side of his face. Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. Oh, I was going to ask if he's still there, but I guess not. Nope. We have
0: Hype, or I'm sorry, Heipel. Josh Hypel.
2: Okay. I don't know him. I mean,
1: I guess maybe you were a Tennessee fan. I remember when you were a Baylor fan. And then you gave up on Baylor for some reason.
0: Because I wasn't going to school there anymore, and they raped everybody in the in freaking Waco. Keith,
1: <laughs> do, you, do you have something to tell us? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's not even funny. This is a
1: safe space. <laughs> All
0: right. But go Stros, right, Keith? <sighs> nope, cheaters. Dude, good. everybody
1: yeah. cheats in baseball. What are you talking about? That's the point. Braves didn't cheat oh now he's a Braves fan Charles just moved back to his old neighborhood so now he's like I bet everybody in Tennessee is a, a Braves fan Am I actually
0: right? people will argue that this is not Braves country but it is Braves country
1: yeah he's just there's a, there's a lot I'm of Cardinals
0: fans here there's a lot of Reds fans here and we may be getting our own major league baseball team here
1: Let's see. So there's Cardinals fans, there's Reds fans, and there's Braves fans. Which of those teams made the playoffs, and which one did Keith decide that he's a fan of now that he doesn't like the Astros anymore?
0: Fuck off. I've been watching the Braves since I was a baby.
1: (laughs) I know. And then you became an Astros fan.
2: Don't you remember the garage, Mm -hmm. Steven? I do. I don't remember if there's Braves or not, but I bet there was.
1: I do remember those. There was a Tomahawk. There was like a Tennessee Bear or something like that. Oh my God,
0: shut the fuck up, because Nick— And who else, Um, David, these people come over and they're like, what's the deal with the bear? I'm like, that's a fucking dog. It's not a bear. And now you're like, there's a Tennessee bear there. What the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) Why is it a dog? Because our mascot is Smokey, a blue tick hound.
1: Oh, okay. Sounds like it should be a mountain and bears live in the mountains. But whatever, you guys do whatever you want over there in Tennessee.
0: Coon hounds live in the mountains, too. Go Vols.
1: Yeah, why isn't it
0: a person? Well, we do have a Davy Crockett.
1: You guys are like the Aggies. Like, you just, like, pick a dog because your mascot doesn't really make sense and nobody knows what it is.
0: <clears throat> but it does make sense. How many people from Tennessee volunteered to go fight in the Texas Revolution? If it wasn't for us, the state of Tennessee, Texas would still be a part of Mexico.
1: I'd be all right with that. Yeah. Charles just left. I know. He was like, fuck this. I'm out. We're talking about college football, which is the most (laughs) boring topic in the world. And I can't believe we're doing it. Come on, Charles. Hey, do you see Charles, by the way? Oh, what what the fuck happened? (laughs) Charles broke his arm trying to play Frisbee with some kids at school.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of funny.
0: Um, Oh. It's we all, we all feel for him but it's <laughs> his right arm right
1: yeah so and he's, he's still, yeah
2: so he could still play disc golf and
1: well, that's what he says although he hasn't but we'll see
2: i mean hopefully i tried to throw uh backhand and it hurt a lot so i can flick but uh we'll see maybe when i get the cast on you haven't got the cast on yet i've got a temporary one from like the emergency room when did this happen uh friday last friday <laughs>
1: Not not like today. A week ago. Yeah.
2: And you still haven't got your permanent cast on. Well, the problem is, is that it happened at school, so I had to go through school, you know, and so like I had to have like this stupid uh, appointment just to like confirm that I actually was hurt and I wasn't like just trying to like you know fleece the school district or whatever. So. (laughs) But
1: even though he already went to the the hospital. And got an x-ray and they put the temporary cast on the other place that he went, that he got sent to is through the same hospital complex. And they still had to like, I
2: guess, what did they talk to you? Or did they x-ray you? They, they No, they just talked to me and he like, would like, he like touched my neck. He so, it's like, does your neck hurt at all? Like, are you going to claim <laughs> that your back is hurt? You know, <laughs> so. that's so funny. Yeah. So were you like diving for the frisbee? Did you trip? <laughs> like what happened? Uh, so we were playing in the courtyard, and uh, there's an unspoken rule to stay inside the fence area. But because I'm a teacher, I can do whatever I want. So I decided to go out, and uh, there was one of those like roadblock A-frame things on its side, and I didn't know it. And so I r- jumped to like, kind of to grab a disc, and my feet were kind of swept out from under me. I caught myself. And I mean, on the ground, I caught myself and hyperextended that hand. So...
1: so- Just an observation. When he tells the story, he makes a point to talk about the A-frame barricade being on its side. I feel like he's using. He's like he's just like this is going to be information in the lawsuit, and now (laughs) it's it's documented and it's going to be on the internet. So like there's proof that Charles told the story that some barricade was
2: on its side, and I just walked along and tripped over it. But I mean, the, the stupid thing was that I should not have gone outside the fence area. I mean. Inside the fence area, we knew there was lots of obstacles, but we all knew where they were. We did not know what was outside the fence. So I was the idiot for sure. I'm not going to say.
0: If you had asked me how Charles would break his arm, it definitely would not have been this way. It would have been jumping over something after a few drinks.
1: Well, maybe that's why he points out the barricade was on its side. Because if it was upright, he would have just
2: (laughs) leaped over it. Right, exactly. Yeah. (laughs)
0: I, I'm I'm kind of surprised you didn't break your arm when you jumped over the bike rack in at Austin
2: Beer Works. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm resilient until I'm not. <laughs> All right. Have we have we uh, reviewed the spindle tap heavy hands before? I feel like we have. It's got the the boxer the like. It's not Tecmo Bowl, but the old Nintendo Boxer. Aren't. Go ahead.
0: Review this because I've I've had it, but I have not reviewed it. And I will tell you what I think about it after you're yeah. done.
1: And I want you to review it, too, because I saw it out there in the cooler. This is one of the beers that a bunch of people left beer at our my Halloween party last weekend. And I saw it and I put it back because it just I don't know. It looked very kind I not that part, the boxer part I like, but the actual yeah. logo of the company just, what is it, like an oil rig or something?
2: Yeah, with like hops coming out of it. It's kind of yeah, its
1: Yeah, it just looks like something that I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I want to drink that.
2: So yeah. review it. Let's hear it. It's 8%. So it's it smells like an IPA. So it smells good. So let's see. It's a traditional IPA. It's, um, it's not uh, anything special. It's a little on the sweet end. Um, but bit- I wouldn't say it's disgusting.
0: Let me paraphrase for Charles here. It's fucking awful. It is not a good beer. It is the worst IPA I've ever fucking had to the point that we kept it in the cooler for when we went to matches and got grease on the track where we couldn't get grease on it. And we would use it to cover up the fact that we spilled grease on the track. And that was the excuse to use the beer because it's unfucking drinkable
2: I'm a little confused. Grease on the track? What are
0: you talking
1: about? What are you talking
0: about? Oh, sorry. When we go to the NSC matches, we park on the racetrack. That's where our parking is. So when we tailgate, we're on the Nashville uh, racetrack. And if we got grease from tailgating, we could get in trouble. So we would just use that beer to cover up the grease.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Wait a minute.
2: I mean, we should have known that. I, mean, I don't know why we're asking. <laughs>
1: You just pour beer on a big, like puddle of grease. Why do you have a puddle of grease? For one reason, like okay, from it only
0: happened. It only happened once, and we were using a grill, and the grill leaked, and grease ended up on the track, and we didn't have a tray to catch it, so we soft it up best we could, and then we poured that shit ass beer on it. So,
1: yeah. I just like the punch out the the Mike Tyson punch out logo. So which. Which boxer would you say that beer is represented by?
2: Oh, it's the, it's you. It's the, it's your, your character from that. No, but it's gotta be a shitty one. So. Oh. Last Joe. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't hate it. I mean, Keith might not like it, but I, I didn't hate it at all. I think it's fine. So, I mean, IPAs, I'm kind of just done with them. So.
0: I mean. And I'm going to be honest. It's not just me. We passed that beer around. We tried to give it to people that we didn't like, like. Me, Trip, Nick, everybody I know tried that beer, and we all said it was the worst beer we had ever had.
1: So Keith, Nick, and Trip all tried it. We know that one of those people is someone that Keith doesn't like. (laughs) Sorry, Nick or Trip. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. We
0: tried to give it to other people that came to our tailgate that we're not very fond
1: of. And who are those people? Come on, man. Share the dirt.
0: They may be listening to this podcast.
1: I think it's Nick or True. And if
0: you are, please become a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> where you can hear more content just like this.
2: I mean, I've had beers before that I couldn't drink, and this is not one of them. So, I mean, I bet there was a little bit of, like, beer snobbery thing going on where, oh, yeah, this is absolutely disgusting. Oh, you're right. Oh, indubitably. Something <laughs> well, like
1: that. I mean, so, you oh. want to know my theory is that all IPAs are – kind of disgusting (laughs) like if well i wouldn't say that it's very easy to convince yourself like they're one tick away from you know what i mean so if somebody tastes one and says oh this IPA is horrible and then passes it to you and says taste this horrible ipa there's a good tendency that you're going to have in your head yeah and that bitter gross kind of flavor you know that's just my opinion right i gotta i gotta hype myself up for ipas go into it with a very positive attitude Keith is reaching for another beer. We're never going to finish this podcast at this rate because we're still doing the beer reviews from the last beer. No,
0: we've we we are going to be fine. We've got like
1: 15 minutes of silence to truncate. What are you this. pulling your beers out of? Looks like you're like taking them out of like, I don't know, a weird sleeve or something. You're gonna laugh when I show you this. Is it like, what is it? We <laughs> 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 got a, a Belton ISD lunchbox. <laughs> it's not calling
2: a beer.
0: We, we got those, like, what, seven years ago when we went back to work.
1: Yep. School districts, man. Or maybe it was they our Christmas gift. Sure it had been our...
0: <laughs> I think it was our Christmas gift, now that I think about it. Yeah. Well, guys, I do have another beer.
3: Oh God.
0: Another right. beer from Creature Comforts. And, Charles, you'll like the name of this. This is a Pell-El. L. is called...
2: Automatic. Nice.
0: Automatic. So I just assume it's referencing either the restaurant or REM because they're from Athens.
2: Yeah, for sure. Probably, Which, hopefully what's the name restaurant? The restaurant? Uh, Weaver D's, I think. Yeah,
1: Weaver D's or Reaper D's or something like that. That's what I feel like is what was yep. on your shirt. That's the only context okay. I have.
0: Yep. All right. So this one isn't as fragrant on the nose as the IPA, obviously. But is very very good. Uh little pie and little grapefruit for a pellel, absolutely fantastic and it is let's see if I'm find out here real quick. It is some kind of ABV. We'll just give it a something ABV. And I'm going to give it hmm one out of one cigars that I smoked after Tennessee beat Alabama.
2: What's with SEC and There's a theme for tonight.
1: I guess so.
2: All right. So are you guys, uh, let's go ahead and dive into the podcast now. (laughs) It's time to dive right in.
1: Let's get started. Let's Let's, do it.
2: All
0: right, Steven. So we've done away with the entertainment section. We are going back to what we initially had planned when we started this, which was an esoteric topic. And one of us will research it. The other two do not know anything about it one of us will teach each other about the subject that we pick and the other two will ask questions give feedback all of that good stuff for the rest of the podcast in the past this is the point where everybody was like all right time to tune out i've heard what i want to hear so hopefully this will be far more interesting than the bullshit that we did before so
1: i think you're giving our 20 minutes of just asking you about how much like you much you like Tennessee too much credit I think people probably already tuned out but
0: that's true but if you have't tuned out consider becoming a patreon member where you can get more content like this
1: <laughs> this content is doesn't come cheap <laughs>
0: All right, Stephen. So you were given the task of having the first research topic. Yeah.
1: So I would say, I don't know if it's an esoteric topic. And I don't know, like when we first came up with that idea, I don't know if any, we all argued about what esoteric meant. And we definitely didn't stick to that formula of esoteric. And I don't think we should, because like after a couple times, we're just going to be talking about super random things like, you know, the color of the Beatles first Volkswagen bus or something like, I don't know, like not everything can be terribly esoteric. Right. But y'all don't know what the topic is. And I I tried to pick something that to be perfectly honest, I don't know jack shit about. And I did a little bit of research and you could, Listeners can't see my fingers. They're very close together as I'm holding them up to show the amount of research that I did. It's probably
0: like half an inch. He's holding them apart. A little
1: bit. I I tried to do a little bit of research, but I felt like it was kind of a timely topic. I didn't want to pick something that in the theme of Charles's song, doom scrolling is like what we all talk about and think about already, which is like, I don't know, like the freaking election next week and shit like that. So I tried to think about something that was kind of timely and is, you know, going to be in the news and coming up and stuff like that so let's see i also didn't really plan out how i'm going to talk about this and i can't read my handwriting
0: while you're holding your book up we can't hear you
1: well what do you mean you can't hear me
0: you were blocking your microphone. microphone
1: um we're getting fucking old I just put on glasses too so <laughs> um I, so i we need a name for this segment i think okay so i don't think esoteric topic is accurate because i think it limits us to something if you really take that seriously to the, the other people don't know about it. And that doesn't have to be the case in my opinion. So
0: I've got a name for it. Are you? Okay, what did,
1: yeah, let's hear it. How about the pod pick? <laughs> no, that's fucking <a> stupid. <laughs> okay. Every, I want everyone to just think of a name. Okay. So I think that like the characteristics of this is like, this is going to be us talking about something with the goal of this is something we think our listeners and each other would find interesting to learn about or talk about. And we're going to do it from, you know, a lens of profanity and bad stupid dad jokes and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, we're probably going to get most of our information from Wikipedia and Facebook and, like, you know, not terribly reliable sources because that's just the way it's going to work. Again, um, Podpick sounds like the perfect the name. Podpick sounds like, what's the Pod Pick Like, I don't know. It, it could That could be it. I don't know. Like, we need to think about a name. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Listeners.
0: Listeners, this is what I'm used to. I come up with a great idea and my two best friends go... No, that's shit. And then in a few weeks, Stephen will be like, why don't we call it Podpick? That's a great name. And Stephen will get all the credit for it. (laughs) That has never happened.
2: No.
1: And I'm not going to say (laughs) Podpick. All right. I have a name that I think it should be, but I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to overshoot your name, Keith. I don't want to take it. No, I I want to hear your name. No, because it's kind of a stupid name, too. It's just not as stupid as (laughs) (laughs) Podpick. Anyway, so let's just dive right into it. So that's kind of, that's the direction I think we should go. So it could be esoteric, but it could be, you know, if it's, if there's a freaking, you know, presidential election next week, I didn't pick the election, by the way. um, You know, we could talk about that, but one of us knows and the other two don't, and they kind of frame the conversation. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly what we had talked about. And
1: I think it's the right way to go is lying i just made this up this is i just decided this for the group okay so let's dive right in you guys ready let's go i have some some opening questions for you and i want to see if you can guess what we're going to talk about okay so is there a problem that can't be solved if you have enough money yes what
2: give me an example uh happiness
1: (laughs) that's that's a good one i agree with you on that one okay what about If you had a bad reputation, could that be solved with money if you had enough?
0: I guess you could pay for a PR firm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What about if you have a party and you invite way too many people over? If you had enough money, could you figure out how to solve that problem?
2: Would it be a problem anymore? You just throw a big ass party. That's a good question.
1: What if you didn't have enough room for all those people?
0: You just, if you have enough money, you walk over to your neighbor and say, Hey, we're buying your house.
1: So, what if you had a whole bunch of shitty work that had to get done and you didn't want to do it? Yeah, yeah, money will pay for that. Yeah, for sure. What if you always wanted to be one of the cool kids, but you're not?
2: And, and would money solve all that?
1: Money, money does buy cool points. Okay, so can you figure out what we're about to talk about?
2: Elon Musk.
1: Nope. Oh, that's so good though, but no, not Elon <laughs> Musk. The lottery? Nope, not the lottery.
2: Mm. The Donald. It's,
1: It's something we've all probably not really started thinking about yet, but we're going to start thinking about it in a couple weeks.
0: Christmas. Christmas? Nope. I was going to say, because I've been thinking about that for months.
1: What if you were inviting over several million guests and you're just worried that they're not going to like... Wear the proper headdresses. They're going to show their shoulders. They're going to. Are
0: you talking about the World their,
1: Cup, Stephen? We're going to talk about the World Cup, Keith. All right. All right. So I don't know shit about shit when it comes to this topic, but I did listen to a couple podcasts, and I want to say this right out off the bat. I I'm not just going to paraphrase the podcast. So like this is going to be more of a conversation. I'm going to share some facts with y'all. The uh, what is it? Men in Blazers actually is doing a six part episode. In partnership with the people that do Pod Save America, have you listened to Pod Save America podcast?
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, I like it. it, it that's one of those podcasts that I like I get into and then have to unfollow and delete because you know I find myself just listening to too much politics shit. It's depressing. But they have one all about the corruption of the World Cup, and they go like it's really good. I Highly recommend it. So I'm going to need your help because I don't really know that much about the World Cup and soccer.
0: I'm okay. here for you, Stephen.
1: Okay. So big picture question that I have for y'all is, do you think that we should be watching the world cup or should we boycott the world cup? You don't have to answer yet. So just want to talk about some, some stats before we get into it.
0: Okay. I, yeah. I have a comment, but I w- I will
1: wait till you give your stats. Okay. So just some framing about Qatar. There's a significant amount of controversy about how they even got the the bid for the world cup so they got it this time who got it last time I'm trying to remember who was it russia it was russia that's very interesting isn't it like wait was it russia it was yeah, russia it was.
0: it was russia yeah it was russia and there was Brazil before that
1: yeah and wait no it wasn't Brazil was it Brazil before that yeah you might be right yeah. you know who gets it next though us
0: uh well the US Canada and Mexico in yes. a tri-bid
1: now, one thing that was interesting about how they awarded it to both Qatar and Russia is I think that was like either the first time or one of the only times that they've ever actually awarded to two different for two different you know, years at the same time. So while the bids were going on for this one, that's when the bids were also going on for the Russian ones. And like what might Qatar and Russia have in common in terms of like their negotiation strategies with FIFA?
0: They had money to put in (laughs) Southwatter's pocket.
1: Yes, exactly. So there's a couple words um, that I think go along with this. Have you all heard of the term sports washing?
2: I think... I've heard of it, but I'm I'm unfamiliar. Can I give a guess of what I think it is? Yeah. So uh, I know like in Germany and stuff like that, there are a lot of Russian-sponsored clubs. And so like it's a kind of a way of kind of like buying goodwill or positive reputation by being associated with sports. Is that right or no?
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So it's like, it's basically a version of, of the term whitewashing, mm-hmm. you know, and where you're trying to wash away like your misdeeds, distract from them, stuff like that. And sports washing is is kind of a new way of doing that. So there's a lot of people that are asking the question, like, why did get Qatar do this. Like why do they why do they want the World Cup so bad? Because I'm about to get into some of the numbers with you and it's pretty freaking remarkable how much money they've spent. Um but I mean, one of the things is about sports washing, which is so, definitely why Russia was doing it.
0: So if I could jump in just for a moment, that if you want a clear example of sports washing, it would be the buying of Newcastle United by the Saudis.
2: Yeah, I agree with
1: that. Yeah. So like if if they use that to try to improve their image and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, do you know, and a good example of this, who's probably the most famous soccer player to the Western world of all of, I'm going to say of all time. And when I say the Western world, let me rephrase that. Who's probably the famous, soc- most famous soccer player to the average white person in the Western world? Pele? You, you, yeah, but how many people, they know his name, but do you think they actually...
0: So you're going to say Beckham, Dave, aren't you?
1: Yes, David Beckham. Do you know David Beckham's current involvement with this? No. So Qatar has paid David Beckham $277 million Holy crap. to be an ambassador spokesperson for... The Qatar World Cup. <laughs> Fucking make, It makes sense. <laughs> so it's an example of sports washing. So they're 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 using this to portray Qatar in an extremely positive light. Now I'm not one to say that Qatar is necessarily bad. I mean, people can make their own judgments about that. There's all kinds of reasons why you might think that they're bad, and I might think they're bad. But you know, that's okay. Um, now, where am I going to go with this? A little, couple other things about Qatar. Um, have you heard of Al Jazeera?
0: Oh yeah. The the news source Al yeah.
1: Jazeera, yeah, absolutely. Would you say it's a reputable news source? Yes, I would say. Do you it. know? Do you know that Al Jazeera is state run media? It's owned by the government of Qatar. I did not know that. Doesn't mean they're not reputable. They like there might be some cushion in between them. They might have full journalistic freedom, but it is state run media and it's owned by the government of Qatar. Um, they interestingly offered fifa 300 million dollars for the broadcasting contract for the world cup 21 days before the decision was to be made about where the bid would be made like who would get it and part of that contract was 100 million of that would go into a separate account um if they got the bid so they you know,
0: did that separate account have set
1: bladder's name on it? Well, so it wasn't like public knowledge about the separate account. This was leaked foot leaked documents that are currently being investigated by like the Swedish police or something like that. Um, but yeah, so Al Jazeera was, was involved with this. Now they are owned by the Qatari government. So it doesn't necessarily mean like the editor, you know, in chief and stuff like that was doing it, but it was under the name of Al, J- Al Jazeera. Um, Qatar also offered directly from the state $480 million to FIFA so it, for, for the bid. So if you couple that with the broadcasting rights, the $300 million plus $100 million if they got the contract from Al Jazeera, plus $480 million, FIFA was basically offered $880 million to get the bid. Hmm. Now, it doesn't stop there because let's see where are we at. Um, the hosting committee has 22 members and they're different members from different countries that, that, that choose. So, and if you listen to the, I think the uh, men and blazers podcast did a good job talking about this. Like when we were in this bid, you know, part of the reason why this is big news is because Americans were pissed off that Qatar got it instead of us and we have to wait another four years. Like we sent Obama went to this committee meeting brought Morgan Freeman with him (laughs) who gave like a speech and stuff like that. um, And we didn't get it. Um, Qatar spent $200 million on different things related to those 22 members, voting members. One of them that voted for Qatar to get the bid happened to be the French delegate and Qatar bought a fleet of French airplanes like right before the voting took place, which was kind of interesting. So now they have a fleet of French planes, they got the votes, and they got the bid. So all in all, it's impossible to tell how much Qatar actually spent just to get the bid. But we're already looking at $880 million to FIFA, if you couple the Al Jazeera thing and the the actual bid, plus $200 million um, on the different members, plus... I don't even know how much a fleet of French airplanes costs, but it's got to be a good chunk of money. So you're looking at like
2: a billion dollars right there. That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Now... You think April, they're just doing it to improve their public image?
1: Well, that's there's a, there's a pretty good debate about that. And it could definitely be improving their public image. It could definitely be, you know, that they just have more money than God in the, uh, the hands of a small number of people. I mean, these are the same, this is the same dude that bought PSG, which, which initiated who bought man city, like some other, you know, and, and then Newcastle, like these are like, they were the first one of the, of the state state owned soccer teams. You know what I mean? Um It could just be that they want to be the cool kids and they want to spend their money. It could be that it's all about projecting their image of being awesome to the world. I mean, You know, Qatar Airways and Al Jazeera and, you know, PSG, like they're it's it's they're they're definitely projecting a lot of that onto the um, the rest of the world, which is fine. I mean, you know, we do the same thing. We buy lots of shit. Now, what do you think it's like in Qatar? Uh, As far
0: as the workers conditions while they were building the stadiums?
1: Talk about that. So what have, what have y'all heard about
0: that, the construction? So they had- It was essentially paid. It wasn't even paid. It was slave slave labor that was building these stadiums. They were due to 120, 140 degree temperatures. Multiple people died. I don't even know what the number is, but I'm pretty sure it's in the thousands. of people, so I, workers I, have, who died. I have
1: the number. So you're right, Keith. So basically- This is a very, very small country. This is smaller than the state of Connecticut. Okay. And when you look at their population, it's somewhere between two and three million people because there's a lot of um, uh, migration of of the workers. Exactly what you're talking about. Something like 20% of that two to three million people are actually citizens. They have a very small number of people that are actually Qatari citizens. Almost everybody that lives in that country is a migrant worker that comes in under what's called the kafala system. So, and take a wild guess who we have to thank for this kafala system. Who's, who's world famous for going around the world and fucking up other countries.
0: Oh, that would be the United States of
1: America. Uh, Who's, who did we learn it from Keith? England, England. Okay. So, right. So Qatar was actually an English protectorate. So they, they were, you know, it was, it was basically colonized And prior to discovering oil, Qatar was a it was real big for fishing and pearl diving. So apparently this is where a lot of pearls came from. They discovered oil in the 50s. Turns out like Qatar, this little region the size of Connecticut or smaller than Connecticut, has something like 14 or 15 percent of the world's oil reserves under it. So it has a ridiculous amount of oil. So they have tons and tons of money. Well, in I think it was in the 60s when the British left. They, they left behind their system of managing workers. And the British didn't necessarily want to get their hands dirty on managing all of the actual labor. So they had what's called the kafala system, which when I read about it, it sounds very similar to like indentured servitude kind of to me, right? To where basically what the British said was they put the Qataris in charge and brought in a lot of migrant laborers, but those migrant laborers essentially were in debt when they got there to their employers. And, you know, there's no recourse that you have in a system like that. If you're one of the workers, you're in debt. If you want to leave, you have to work off your debt. You have no option of switching jobs or doing anything like that. Your, your place where you live is provided by your employer. You're essentially a slave um, in just different words, right? So over the past 20 years or so, supposedly they've put a lot of uh, reforms in place in Qatar, but, the human ra- human rights groups that kind of are watching them say that most of those reforms are surface level. So essentially, what's happening in Qatar is that you have a a, a shitload of people from mostly from India and Malaysia and kind of like sub sub you know uh, uh, what is it uh, Southeast Asia countries <clears throat> who are poor, right? And so they're 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 paying a recruiter. Like a couple thousand dollars, which is a lot of money, right, to them, to basically find them a job in Qatar. When they get there, they're in debt to their employer, and they're, they're they you have you used to have to have an exit visa to leave the country, and you couldn't get an exit visa unless your employer allowed you to have one. Your employer basically provides you your food, your housing, all of that kind of stuff, um, your pay, and there's just tons of reports of them. Pay being withheld, not being paid. They basically get there in their slave laborers. And remember, this is a country where you know, in the summertime, you're talking about 110, 120 degrees, and they're trying to build seven soccer stadiums. They had one, so there's eight total. Rebuild one, build seven brand new ones. They essentially had somewhere in the realm of like 20,000 hotel rooms because this is a very small country. Um, and you have the world cup coming so you're expecting millions of people to potentially be there at a given time and so they're essentially having to re- to build cities and this has happened over the last 10 years that's when the bid was given and during that time it's estimated that over 6500 workers have died on Jeez. world cup related
2: projects that's insane yeah it's so bizarre to me like uh i forget what it was it- Maybe it's a Maricopa or Conacaf or something. I can't remember. There was some American.
1: Uh... Well, Charles, wait, because that's part of the trivia, which is the fun part, which we'll get oh. to in a little bit. Okay. After, after, after on we on talk it. about the dead
0: stuff. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do this at this moment, but I do want to get, um, if I can, a comment from the American outlaws on this. I have a friend who's the President of the a o chapter here in Nashville. I'm gonna reach out to him and see if he might have a comment over all of this.
1: Are the American are these like oath keepers are they just going to say it like the it was stolen like the
0: no, the no, oath no, oath the or? American outlaws is the official supporters group of the United States of America oh, okay, soccer okay. team. I
1: guess yeah, you should get you should get a yeah, you should get a response from that because we I'm, are gonna
0: could get him on the
1: phone here in a little bit well, we're, just. To, we're past. The, we're getting past the heavy part because I do want to get into Go USA, and that's where y'all can tell me like, I don't know, are we going to do all right? Anyway, so th- that's kind of past the heavy part. I think that is important framing. Now, I will say this, though. I did a lot of research on Qatar, and there's a lot of shitty countries in the world and fucked up countries. This is definitely an example of that, but, you know, you know who else was built on slavery? Like, you know, we can get into that conversation too. So I'm not sports washing this, but I think it's important for everybody to kind of know what's going on um, with guitar. It is, it's definitely a messed up situation. So the final thing before we get into the quote unquote fun stuff is, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this actually works. I do think if you have enough money, which guitar definitely does, you can solve most problems at the surface level, right? But let's just get into the number of hotel rooms that are expected and what it's going to be like for the people that go visit Qatar. So of the existing hotel rooms, 80% of them, 80% of the rooms are already booked by FIFA. So that's for teams, media, you know, who, who's the FIFA dude that you mentioned his name earlier. I always forget that guy's name, Keith.
0: Uh, Seth Blatter, but he's no longer a part of FIFA.
1: I, I thought he's still on the board
0: no he's been removed you'
1: been banned okay well, he's probably going to get one of these rooms because he's still friends with somebody or something like
0: that. well, he definitely has the money to pay for it after yeah. this bid
1: but there's there's estimates of like you know once you count all the hotel rooms that you're still looking at like a hundred thousand missing spots for people to kind of sleep, so they plan on parking two cruise ships um right there, like in the city, and those can accommodate about ten thousand fans, and you're looking for about room for about hundred to two hundred thousand. Um, they tried calling on homeowners to bring people into their houses to let them stay with them. That didn't go over very well and it was not received at all. Apparently in Qatar, like they're very they're very like culturally very private, right? So like like photographing people in public is, is outlawed. You're like, you're not allowed to take photos in public. And it has to do with like privacy and stuff like that. Um, so the idea of like letting strangers into your house from other countries is probably not going to go very well. They they are trying Airbnb and you're looking at like a four bedroom house going for like 20,000 pounds a night. So what's, what's 5,000 pounds in American dollars these days? Like it's probably getting close to one to one because the conservatives in England kind of fucked up their economy. So let's like $5,000 a bedroom for a night in a four bedroom house. Like that's kind of the going rate that we're looking at. Um, They have – Basically secured fleets of airplanes, maybe those ones that they bought from the French to get their bid, their vote for the bid, um, to fly them to other countries back and forth. Basically shuttling people back and forth between places like Saudi Arabia, their surrounding countries, stuff like that. Um, So your hotel might be in another country you have to take a plane to after the match, which is crazy. They also, this is my favorite one. They consulted with the organizers of Coachella and the Glastonbury Music Festival on how to set up tent cities out in the desert, and they're they're planning on having these tent cities set up that have bars, licensed bars, restaurants, entertainment, shower facilities, stuff like that. And wow, it's, they're assuming, fun. it's Burning Man. It, it does kind of sound like fun. They're <laughs> estimating that that could house about you know ten to twenty thousand visitors right there. Um, don't know what, it, you know, they have a lot of money, so I'm sure they can have plenty of buses and cars and Mercedes to drive people back and forth and stuff like that. But I think it's going to be very interesting to see kind of what the, uh, experience is like for visitors. So I, there, there are a lot of concerns about LGBTQ plus people in visiting because homosexual relationships among men, um, can be sentenced. The The sentence for that in guitars could be death. Um, doing things like smoking in public, things like that. You can, you get lashes, you can be stoned. They've, they've, they've kind of been pretty, I feel like they've, they're trying to be transparent about their rules in terms of here's our rules. And here's where you can do these things that Westerners might want to do. Apparently at the games, you are going to be able to buy beer, not during the match, but before the match, after the match, Um, You know, money, money makes all the decisions. So there are actually even though alcohol is technically outlawed in the country, there are restaurants and bars that are allowed to serve alcohol. Um, They have, uh, you know, government authorization to do so. um, And things like that. People are being asked to cover their shoulders and their knees when they go out in public. Although when you're at your hotel, if they have a pool or you're at the beach, you're welcome to wear the bathing suit should be very interesting to see kind of what this cultural experience is. Is like assuming you have a place to stay when you're there, Um, but it it might be interesting.
2: Yeah, what a weird contradiction. Yeah, I'm 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 wondering what they're gonna do about hookers. I've always heard about World Cup and like and like the amount of like sex workers that come in to different locations. That I mean, what are they gonna do about that? It I couldn't find it because I kind of wondered about that too. And but
1: one of the reasons I think I got the feeling from there when they talked about some of the penalties for things like, um, adultery, for example, like if a woman is accused of adultery, they, she gets lashes like up to a hundred lashes, like literally whipped. And they talked about examples of that. And that was like pre-World cup. And I, I got the feeling that there's probably, and I mean, we all know this probably in every country, like there's definitely like a prostitution market already there. Um, yeah. so I'm sure it's, you know, it's, it's there.
2: There'll be a zone that you're allowed. Yeah, there's probably
1: going to be a zone.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Um, before we continue, I I want to propose taking a real quick break. I want to get Jonathan Sleep in on the podcast uh, because he knows way more about this than all three of us do. But
1: then it's going to take like another hour. Going <laughs> to be a follow-up. I'm just kidding. No, it's
0: fine. It's no, it's not, not going to take long. But I propose we take a quick break. I'll get him in on the podcast and. A lot of these questions that we have, plus Stephen, you can continue going over some of the stuff that you got.
1: Well, no, gonna... my next part is fun trivia questions. And then how do we think we're going to do in the World Cup? And are you going to watch it? That's so that I'm done with my facts. OK, so I
0: say we we take a quick break. We'll bring Jonathan Slate on and then we'll continue with the trivia. We'll continue with who's going to win the World Cup, what the U.S. is going to do. And sleep will be great for that because he is the president of the American Outlaws here in Nashville. Okay. All right, guys. So hang with us. We'll be back after this short break. to be a part of something bigger than yourself? Do you want to help grow something organically? Then come join Rogue Chant Supporters Club, the newest and greatest supporters club for Nashville SC, where Rogue Chants believes in the organic growth of chants and songs. They believe that the overdone songs that are heard in every other stadium do not belong in the heart of Music City. So, come sing with us and join us at our tailgates in Lot 8. Rogue Chance, you can follow us at Rogue Chance on Twitter, Rogue Chance Nashville on Facebook. You can check out the website at roguechance.com and Rogue Chance on Instagram. So, come be a part of something bigger than yourself, grow something organically, and most importantly, be loud, be proud. Keep the tempo. All right and thanks for joining us after the break. We are back with a very special guest, Jonathan Sleep. Sleep Tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into this.
3: Yeah, so I'm Jonathan Slape. I, uh, you know, I live in Nashville, so that's how I know Keith um, through through Liverpool stuff. But you know, outside of that, um, I do a few other podcasts covering you know local soccer, but then also uh, CONCACAF. uh doing called the World of CONCACAF, which is the Confederation that the United States and everything is in. Uh, but then, a- along with that, uh, I. Uh, founder and uh, chapter president of the Nashville chapter of the American outlaws.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us sleep. We appreciate it. And Steven, we'll, we'll let you jump back in on what, where you were going with this and, you know, sleep's expertise is second to none on this. So I'm sure he'll have a lot to add to the conversations that we've already talked about. All right, guys. So at this point, we've lost a little bit of audio due to the fact that there were some storms in central Texas Steven lost his mic for a moment. So what he's doing is he's starting our trivia off. And the first question is, can you name all of the confederations that will be participating in the World Cup? So we'll get back to it and you can hear our answers. All right. So I know I can name three right off the bat. That's CONCACAF, CONABOL, UEFA. Um, the I, I draw a blank on the other three.
1: Okay, so you said CONCACAF uh-huh. and CONOBOL. Uh-huh. So what are those actually? You don't have to say the whole, like, what it all stands for, but what what regions do those represent? Okay, so
0: CONCACAF is North America, Mexico. Uh, CONOBOL is South America. And UEFA is Europe.
3: You forgot the most, the biggest portion of CONCACAF. It's also... Oh, AFCON. For, I forgot about AFCON. AFCON. Um, you also forgot the Caribbean section of... Oh. Uh, it, that is the largest. Actually, the largest members of uh, of of CONCACAF is the uh, CFU, which is the Caribbean Football Union. Union. There you
0: go. All right. So Afcon so and who else am I forgetting? So I've got four of the six, and I don't. It, there is the Australian, New Zealand. That is. So that sounds that's very.
3: Louisiana, but Australia actually left the Oceania region um, before the last world cup um, because they moved to the, just the Asia AFC, which is the Asian football confederation. Um, it's not as uh, it's not a, a words or alphabet soup uh, like some of the other ones. It's just really? Asian football confederation.
1: It's really just our section of the world that is the alphabet soup. To yeah. Be yeah, it is. <laughs> so tell me one more time, did we get them all? So I heard AFC, CONCACAF, CONMEBOL, UEFA, AFCON.
3: Oceana. It's, it's C A it's CAF. CA AFCON yeah, is the tournament. CAF. Oh, gotcha.
1: It's Confederation of African Football. So yeah, so you guys got them all. And the Oceana one I think is kind of kind of fun just because it sounds like, I don't know, the uh Atlanteans probably dominate that league. Um now, which of those has the most first place World Cup finishes?
0: I would have to assume I, and my first thought is UEFA, but then I I think it's CONMEBOL. Like, right? Brazil, Argentina hasn't won anything
3: in a long time, but they have to. It, it's it's UEFA, but UEFA and CONMEBOL are the only two that has World Cup winners.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, and it's also a little misle- misleading because although UEFA has the most, they also have two hundred some like when you look at the number of countries that are involved in each one like there's a lot of european countries so when you look at um Comibor, they definitely are doing pretty well for their smaller number of countries in south america all right so how many teams there's six i'll tell you that but what are what are the six teams that have two or more world cup titles
2: brazil Ger-
0: Sorry, brazil me. germany um,
3: Argentina. Yep. France. Portugal? Italy. Portugal is yet to win a World Cup. I'm pretty sure. Because, yeah, it's... I'm trying to think. Does Uruguay have two? Because I know they won the first one in 1930. Spain? So you, guys, does Spain- you guys
1: brought in a ringer. Jonathan is just going to help you so much. Like, without <laughs> Jonathan, y'all would be totally screwed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, you got him. So, it, it is... Let's see. Sorry, I'm, I'm scrolling here. Wait, wait, wait. This is great podcasting because I'm trying to do two screens. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yes, so Brazil has five World Cup titles. Germany has four. Italy, I didn't hear Italy. They have four.
3: Argentina, we, said, we did say Argentina. Italy. Yeah, I said, I said Italy. Did you,
1: okay, yeah. So those are the top six, and those are the six teams that have two or more. Honore mention, um, I, like, who has one?
3: England, Uruguay, Spain. I think that.
1: Ur- Ur- Uruguay has two.
3: Uruguay has according
1: two. To, according to Wikipedia, which is where we get information. That was what
3: I just couldn't remember if they had. I, I couldn't. I, I remember one of them, but I couldn't remember the second one. But yeah, no, Spain has one. Um, England has one. I'm trying to think if I am missing anybody else. Because Argentina, Chile. Well, yeah, I think that's it.
1: I think that's it that is it it's kind of crazy like a small number of teams that have actually won um now a little closer to home what and i'm gonna ask jonathan because he probably knows this i'm ask jonathan not to weigh in right away so what is the u.s's best finish in the world cup Se- keith is already unmuting his mic
0: second place
2: group stage correct
0: no no back in the 20s we i think we came in third place it's either second or third place back in the 30s.
1: So, and what World Cup was that? It's our claim to fame, Keith. <laughs> the very first one. Was it the first one? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. in Uruguay. Yeah, go ahead. Go At ahead.
3: In 1930, Jogation goal. scored the lone goal uh, in that World Cup to beat England. Uh, but yeah, yeah, third place.
1: Yep, we got third. There was actually, the Uruguay won, right? Wait, no. Am I right about that? I can't remember who won.
3: Yeah, Uruguay won the won the first one.
1: Yeah, and how many actual Americans do you think were on our team? I don't know the actual number, but I've heard the rumors
3: that I mean, most. I mean, like Joe Gations, the the goal score against England um, was of Haitian descent, and actually, I think it was mm-hmm. even just Haitian citizen at that point. Um, there was a it was a ragtag group of uh, of players.
1: Yeah. And from what I've heard, it's mostly like ex- expats from like England and stuff yep. like that, who apparently were just like a bunch of bruisers and just like beat the shit out of everybody. Um, and a little bit of asterisks, maybe this was 1930. And it was in Uruguay. How hard do you think it was to get to Uruguay from Europe and all these other countries at that time? Like, how did they
3: get there? Yeah, he went by boat. (laughs) Yeah,
1: they had to take boats. So I believe only four European teams actually played in the World Cup. So that kind of helped us a little bit. But we did get third place. Uh, Who won last World Cup? That would be France. And who was the captain of that team? That
0: would have been none other than, and now that you've asked me, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I could see his fucking face. He's the captain of fucking PSG.
1: Um, uh, no. Oh, Pretty sure. Hugo Lloris, and who does Hugo Lloris play oh, for? Was it Lloris that was captain? Yeah, I think so.
3: Yeah, it was because I, I mean, you the... you think of like who's on that that France team? It's a lot of young players, uh, and Lloris is one of the um, elder yeah. statesmen of that of of that was the one of the elder statements of that team of that team.
1: Yeah. I, I
0: was thinking,
3: I think Mbappe, of Mbappe, yeah, I was thinking Mbappe because. We we
0: have an unhealthy obsession with Mbappe as Liverpool supporters.
3: We would you, definitely... remember, you remember he was 18 at that point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so that brings us to the end of trivia. Sorry, that was not that many trivia questions. But uh, what are you guys thinking about the upcoming World Cup? How do you think the U.S. is going to do? Are you excited? Are you going to watch it is kind of the final question. Are you considering falling into the boycott zone
0: so what i'm what i'm proposed now is Slate. like you know way more about all of this than the three of us do right you know i watch liverpool i watch nsc and i support the u.s when it comes to the world cup but i'm not i'm not into it quite as much as everybody else is so your thoughts on the upcoming world cup. I, and I don't want you to hold back. I want you to talk about whatever you want to talk about concerning the world cup in Qatar.
3: So I will try to keep this as concise because I could ramble here for, for a while. Um, Like going to, like going to this world cup, like let's kind of take a step back um, before we talk about this one, because I think there's a lot of context uh, in place here because you got to think about the fact, so 2018 came around, uh, and that was the first World Cup since 1990 uh, that the United States did not qualify for. Um, they actually failed to qualify. So going into um, so like there's qualification tournaments and all and all of this stuff, but going into going into the last game of of World Cup qualifying, um, the U.S. just needed a a draw against Tr- away at Trinidad and Tobago. Um, they actually could have qualified with a loss um but the perfect storm happened and uh they lost 2-1 to Trinidad and every single result uh went the way against the US and so they missed out even on the on the Interconfederational inter- playoff as well um so that was a heartbreaking um moment for for most uh US fans um, as someone who spent went to a lot of quite qualifi- qualifying games during that time. And still this, this past cycle, unfortunately did not hit as many games as I wanted to. Um, and so, you know, there was, there was the heartbreak of 2018, which caused a, a huge reshift in, in how the USF, USSF uh, was formed. You know, there was a lot of changes there. And then, um, you know, there took some time there's a very young crop of of players coming through and it is um you know you get ready to start qualifying covid happens everything gets pushed back um and then so throughout qualifying it was a very condensed process um and you know uh, kind of looking through like i would think i would be more excited about this world cup um then and i think it's it's a few things it's um All of the issues with this game being like this World Cup being in Qatar, um, the fact that we've had to change when the World Cup is. um, And so it definitely has it's dampened enthusiasm for this World Cup, I would say. um, So outside of just being a part of the American Outlaws, I there's I have a group of friends that I travel with to U.S. games, and I would say that this World Cup, there is the fewest members of our group that's going. Um, I can only, like, of our, like, core group that travels together, there's uh, three of them that are going, um, and two of them are only going because they are, um, you know, a part of the National Board for the American Outlaws. Like, they're going to be helping with some of the events. But even the American Outlaw presence within the world, within Qatar, um, is much different than it has been in previous World Cups. Um, There's no night before events there's like not the usual um kind of like um for those that aren't familiar like american outlaws whether it's home or away um they will host like the night before games they host a big party with like everybody that's you know coming to town and locally for the games and so like there is none of that um you know those events that fanfare um and so that is definitely it's to just kind of diminish some of the excitement Looking at the U.S. team as a whole, um, you know there is, you know, with a, the reshuffle of USF, there was some hand-wringing consternation of who the U- U.S. hired the coach. So Greg Berhalter, former coach of uh, the Columbus Crew, also a former national team player, but at the time that he was hired, um, his brother was the COO of U.S. soccer, um, wasn't involved in the hiring process. So of course there's a lot of the, you know, nepotism type stuff in play. Um, but just kind of looking at the team as a whole, um, it's a young team. There is, we, the roster comes out, it will be announced on November 9th more than likely we're looking at one player on that team that has world cup experience. Uh, I mean the, the whole fact of like, you know, we didn't have anybody that, that played in, um, obviously we weren't there in 2018 um you know 2014 is a long time ago a lot of those Mm -hmm. that team was already older on the older side so i mean i think the average age of this team probably the average age of the starting lineup um, for this team is gonna be around 23 24. Um, it's a young team it's a diverse team Um, it's probably one of the more diverse uh, teams that we've had in the past Um, and probably has the most players playing at a high level. I mean, going into World Cups, you wouldn't have guys that are playing for, um, you know, Juventus, uh, AC Milan, Chelsea, um, you know, on the books at Manchester City and Arsenal. Uh, And so, like, I mean, we're going into um, that, that with, you know, I'm not expecting a lot. I think getting out of the group for the U.S. will be a, a huge achievement. But the big thing with this World Cup is getting prepared for for 2026, because for those that may not know, um, the 2026 World Cup will be in both. It, it's actually it's a joint World Cup between Mexico, the U.S., and Canada. Um, so if this is really most of the guys playing on this team, as long as they stay healthy, will be a part of the World Cup squad going into the twenty twenty six World Cup on home soil. Um so like really this World Cup is a lot about experience. So um, you know, the US will play is in a group with um Wales, England and Iran. Um it'll be a, a tough uh you know a tough series of games. That Wales game being the opening game is the probably the most um is the most important because you get you gotta, you yeah. gotta get a, you gotta get a result and get points right out of the bat. But um, I know that was a little bit rambly, um, but yeah, that's kind of, and then just, you know, my thoughts as far as like boycott, like I understand, like, I think a lot of the enthusiasm is diminished because of Qatar. I just could not see myself boycotting because the, it's the support of the players, um, for this, the, the players themselves had no choice in where this world cup was hosted. Um, we can get into the, the bureaucratic and the, um, and I, I would, if you ever enter in the whole bid process, there's a, a book called the ugly game, uh, about a lot of the corruption in FIFA, uh, and, uh, the Qatari, uh, plot to buy the world cup. So, uh, if you're interested, it's a great read. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of probably the thing that like, is most saddening about not most saddening because there's the human rights issues one of the things specifically in the united states is um and fox is the the rights holder for this world cup um fox is like the only broadcaster of the world cup that is like just completely sidestepping um what is happening and what has been happening in qatar um like the bbc and uh is the rights holder for the world cup in the UK and has really led a lot of the uh, investigative journalism and covering of um, both the, the human rights uh, issues uh, in the country and the corruption that led to Qatar hosting the world cup. Um, but of course um, you know, Rupert Murdoch known Fox says, you know, not just like just the completely sidestepping the issue, like not no acknowledgement um, whatsoever about you know what's happening over there, so I think that's probably one of the more saddening things. Like because especially this time of year, or not, you are just World Cup people. You get the I see this all the time with me, uh, we get the you know the every four year fans, people that don't pay us, t- pay attention to soccer, every, but every four years, I uh, get really into the World Cup, and you know they will have no context and no idea about you know everything that led to this world cup being in Qatar
1: yeah that's kind of my prediction that is what's gonna because I think about boycotting it but me watching it or not watching it makes no difference you know now the sponsors and them pulling out and things like that could potentially make a difference but I'm pretty certain that Qatar is gonna make sure that you know they're gonna, i mean i think they're going to let things slide like they're they they there might not be as many parties and things like that but i think they're going to do everything they can possibly do like they don't want to embarrass themselves and th- this is going to go off without them
3: well I, know, doing I i
1: anything crazy bananas like you know flogging people or doing anything like that just for that purpose of it's about sports washing
3: yeah i mean they're yeah they're very very um cognizant of their reputation i mm-hmm. know that they have fan groups throughout the 30 nation, 32 nations or 31 nations. Um, they are fans in particular. They have people. There will be, there are paid people going to this world cup who are just there. And it's like, not your, your celebrities, your influences, influencers, yeah. but just your regular soccer fans that have been paid to be there, paid to, you know, amplify how great everything is in there. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. A- and also to an extent be snitches about, you know, when they see certain things or trying to suppress any people, you know, talking out about it.
1: Yeah. No, so, yeah. I-, I see them being more interested in suppressing anyone protesting Yes, versus making women cover their shoulders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm not, yeah, I'm totally not surprised if they're paying everyday people. If they're paying Beckham two hundred seventy-seven million dollars or whatever to be the Qatari ambassador for the World Cup, I'm sure they can throw some Instagram influencers a few, yeah, you know, three so tickets and dollars.
0: So Slate, I saw that I think it was yesterday. AO put out a statement about the World Cup. Yeah, can you so elaborate I, on that a little bit.
3: I can give some context. Um, and so there was a article that was put out by the New York Times. Um that said that was a like about a lot of this stuff with the fan groups and you know how they are you know getting these everyday fans involved. Um there is a US fan that um actually fuck it. I hate this dude. Um the guy that dresses up like an Eagle, Eagle Man. Um no one, um, listens, yeah. to
1: our, no one listens to our podcast. So uh, uh, and everywhere. so um
3: <laughs> he is a board member of a local chapter. Um, who has, you know, taken a free, he's taken a free ride of the World Cup. Uh, and he so it was there was that article that came out, it was misrepresented that there like or they just said board member of the American Outlaws. And so it was a lot of people reading it was it was assumed that the national board and AO as a whole was signing off on this. And that which that just isn't the case. Um, they have in no way taken any money from uh from fifa from fifa from the qatari federation um any any of the world cup stuff and it's actually been a i know planning for this world cup and trying to like the logistical aspects of it for fan groups has been an absolute nightmare uh and could have been made easier by you know cozying up with the qatari federation and and the supreme uh, organizing committee um so when that article came out it was a lot of like Oh, AO is as a whole is where it's just a single individual. Awesome.
0: Well, do y'all curious. guys have? So,
3: yeah, ahead, I, have a, I have a question. So you'd mentioned
1: that you you know you have three friends that are going mm-hmm. to Qatar to actually watch. Like, I'm curious about their planned, um, you know, lodging accommodations and stuff like that. Like, what have you heard from them about so... what, what to expect and what you know what what they're how what are they anticipating?
3: So two of the three are are going through the American Outlaws setup. So that's actually, they're going to be staying on a cruise ship. Um, there is not enough hotels. Um, and so like, and, and this was kind of like, kind of going back to the whole boycotting the World Cup thing. Um, you know, the American Outlaws are a U.S. soccer supporters group. And like, they're not affiliated with USSF. Um, but, you know, it was like for them, there was also this, kind of discussion of, like, what do we, you know, do we organize anything? Because, like, I mean, they organize trips for U.S. fans um, no matter where the United States is playing, men, women. Uh, and so it was very much, like, there was kind of a decision. like, And it's very much, like, you know, I think the decision, and I don't know for sure, I think the decision to plan something was more of, like, if we aren't going to, do- like, people are going to go. And, like, all of this talk about, you know, that their people are boycotting this is the most tickets from u s fans, and that's not by u s fans I mean people with United States mailing addresses um not because they could be you know supporting a lot of different teams um but the it's the most u s fans that have ever attended a World cup and actually Ooh. for those who don't know the u s is actually one of the highest attended like people from the United States are the um like always one of the top two or three nations of people in attendance for the world cup. But it's kind of a decision of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, but just want it. And then the, my other friend, he is, he is staying in a, um, uh, basically a glorified, uh, shipping container in the desert.
1: I mean, I've seen lots of tiny houses made out of shipping containers. It might be wonderful.
3: I mean, it does look wonderful. I've seen the pictures.
0: <laughs> I, I guess on the bright side, it'll be November and December, and the highs will only be in the high 90s.
3: Yeah. Well, apparently, the aver- the
1: averages are in the mid-80s, but yeah, it can get up to 100 and stuff like that. That's
0: but
3: it is a dry heat. <laughs> Fuck that dry heat shit.
1: <laughs> it's a dry heat. Not quite an oppressive heat, but maybe an oppressive culture.
3: <laughs> Definitely an oppressive. Not There's no maybe about that being an oppressive culture. All right, so let let's
0: since we're on the World Cup, why let's let's make a few predictions here. And I will start off by saying, Walker Zimmerman will get a goal in the World Cup. That's my bold prediction.
3: I actually have in writing because uh, there's talk about like the jerseys. I actually said I look forward to seeing uh, Walker Zimmerman posterize Harry Maguire and tie dye. <laughs> isn't walker
1: um, zimmerman a defense like doesn't he like play like center back or something yeah like that?
3: he will i mean but like you know he you know the u.s will look to create a lot from corner kicks from set yeah, pieces, yeah, 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 and so yeah. he i mean outside of him and Wes and mckinney like one of like two of the best uh headers of the ball
1: yeah no i'll be i'll i, I will be a walker zimmerman fan during the World
3: Cup, how old is he? Is he like forty or something? Thirty-one. Okay, no, he's twenty-nine. Oh, twenty-nine. It seems like he's been around forever. Yeah, I mean, he's played for since such a young, I mean, young age.
0: Uh, we saw Walker Zimmerman play when we went and saw FC Dallas play. He was playing for FC Dallas at that time.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Who's your uh, Who's your Golden Boot front runner? It's not going to be either the Premier League Golden Boot winners from last year, since Mo and Son are both out.
3: Yeah, I've I watched.
1: want to hear Keith say Harry Kane. I don't think he will, but.
3: You going to say it, Keith? <laughs> <laughs> Very quiet over there. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I mean, probably my bold, not bold prediction is the implosion of Canada. Um. For those that don't know, so Canada has not made a World Cup since the 80s. They've made their first World Cup. They have a really young team, really exciting team. Uh, the Canadian Federation is an absolute fucking shit show. Um, and there's been a lot of, like, um, payer the players not getting paid, getting, like their World Cup bonuses, things like that. Uh, and they are imploding as we speak. And I just uh, look forward to seeing the, uh, the small neighbor to the north um, implode.
0: Tesho been, Akindeli could have honey. played for the U.S.,
3: but instead he decided to play for Canada. I mean, he doesn't play for Canada, though. Oh, is he not on their national team? No. The Canadian, like, no, it's, it's yeah, it's it's Kyle Lahren, it's Jonathan David, it's uh, guys that are playing in Europe. Alfonso I, Davies.
0: I will say that I think, and th- again, this is another bold prediction. I think there's a chance that Lewandowski is the Golden Boot winner. If Pol- Poland is in position with a Europe doesn't look that solid this year. Like France didn't look that good in um, Euros. I I think Poland actually has a chance to make it to the semifinals at the very least the quarterfinals. And Lewandowski could be the golden boot winner.
3: I mean, I'm going to say someone. It's it's going to be a either. Uh, Neymar and Bappe.
0: I I think either one of those will probably get it. But well, we we've had a little bit of technical difficulty, but we want to thank Jonathan Slate for joining us tonight. It was a pleasure to have him on and his expertise. I mean, obviously, he knows a lot more than the three of us do.
2: Yeah, it was he definitely funny. Knows a lot more about. I American just didn't want soccer. to say anything stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like that person that tunes in every four years. So,
0: No, you're not. You watch Arsenal.
2: Yeah, you I'm watch... just like uh, U.S. soccer. I, I watch a few games here and there, but I definitely don't really track. So, Did, yeah.
0: did you not go – there was a couple of qualifying games in Texas. Y'all didn't go to those? No.
1: I mean I would love to, and, and I try to pay attention. But I'll be perfectly honest. Like when I see who's playing on the U.S. national team, like I'll recognize like one name out of the entire roster, you know. So it's like, it's just it, you know I, I root for him during the World Cup.
0: Well, I I will tell you that we went and saw the U.S. Men's National Team play Canada in Nashville, and it was a blast. I bet like it it was so much fun. And if you are considering going to see a U.S. Men's National Team game outside of the World Cup. I highly recommend it. It was a lot of fun. I definitely ended up covered in beer.
2: Who, who are they playing like Trinidad and Tobago or something? Or?
0: who the. US? Yeah. in the World Cup?
2: No, I mean the Nashville game that you went to. Oh,
0: we played Canada.
2: Oh Canada. okay. Yeah. Well, I'd like
1: to congratulate us on our attempts at an hour-long podcast because it's been <laughs> two and a half hours.
0: I think it's I think it'll be relatively close to an hour and 15, maybe an hour and 20 minutes.
1: I don't believe you. But okay. There's a,
0: there's a lot of truncated si- silence to be done.
1: Charles just yawned. That's a sign.
0: It means y'all need to go outside and drink some beer. So, all right guys, well let with that being said, y'all need to drink some beer. I just poured a fresh pint. Why don't we wrap it up with our uh, taglines for the night? So, Stephen, why don't you start?
1: I got to go first. <sighs> you know, I just hope everyone has a good night. Maybe all countries are evil. Maybe Qatar is worse than others. But, man, we got to watch out for each other because there's some fucked up shit going on in the world. Have a good night. <laughs> 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 all
0: right, Charles, you're up next. Uh, good night. Good night. <laughs> All right, and I will lead off with Go Vols, Vols by Fitty. and if you change your community, you change the world. Thanks for I, listening, everybody.
1: I challenge everybody to go back through all of our podcast recordings and see one reference to the Volunteers by Keith. Just saying. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Keith. I know sometimes you just got to so, – that's what you got to do. Celebrate what you can
0: all right well thanks again for listening everybody we are back and we will have a new podcast coming out in just a couple of weeks
1: so who's doing the next topic
0: oh that's a good question um i'll volunteer for it
1: okay and we're doing the same playlist adding and dimes 10 minute yep. songs. all right cool that's it i like it
0: all right well again everybody thanks for listening and we will well you will listen to us in a couple of weeks thanks for listening adios peace out later